The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to stay ahead of your competition, a lot of your success rises or falls based on your current marketing plan. Get ready for the Mojo Marketing Edge Radio Show. Today, hosts Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez will open up your awareness of the many different ways to market your business and reap major results. Now, here is the team behind Mojo Video Marketing, Ira and Corey. Hello, everybody. Corey Michael Sanchez here and also Ira Rosen. We're at Mojo Global. Welcome to the program here. You can check us out, mojoglobal.com. And uh, we're, we're going to start the show off with a little backstory on Mojo. I don't, I don't know if everybody's kind of heard like how, how Mojo came to be and all that stuff, but it is a very exciting, interesting, compelling story. And uh, certainly one that is not... It doesn't it? Ha, it certainly has its share of, of failures and successes, right? So the the uh, the road to entrepreneurial success is paved with all kinds of interesting stories. Uh, you know, many stories you've heard from all kinds of entrepreneurs on this show, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Is kind of like well, how did Mojo get started, and and uh, there's lots of lessons there that can be learned about running a successful company, whether it's brick and mortar, whether it's internet based, software based. I mean, we've certainly seen many, many things. So we're just going to have a little fun here and, and talk a little bit more about how where Mojo started, where Mojo began, and, uh, and kind of the lessons that we've learned along the way. Right, Ira? Absolutely. So this is going to be Mojo unplugged, uncensored, and the naked truth. So we're going to go back in time about six, seven years, and we're going to do a little um, recap on where we were and where we are today and how we got here and along the way, you know, tell a little story about what's different now and what were the things that we had to work through. What were those obstacles? So we're going to uh, really pull back the curtain here and disclose some things we've never really ever talked about. So, uh, Corey, why don't you lead us off and, you know, let's go back six, seven years. Yeah. So, all right. So let's talk about how Mojo began. We actually began, uh, pr- you know, roughly about, um, like I, I said, six years ago. Um, we're going into our seventh year right now. And Ira and I, you know, it's interesting how Ira and I met. We, um, I, I was rock climbing with his daughter, Kina. And so she was my rock climbing buddy. We'd go out there and, and uh, go to the Phoenix Rock Gym and go work out and stuff like that. She was, a, she was also a physical trainer. And, you know, I, at that time I was, um, I was doing gymnastics. I had actually just retired from gymnastics. And, um, and so, you know, it was, uh, it, it was kind, of, kind of an interesting thing. I met Ira at a networking event. And uh, we decided, you know, he was at the time doing real estate uh, hard money seminars with his brother, who were the biggest hard money seminars in the country. And uh, and so he was doing them in Vegas. So I met up with Ira and he's like, you know, yeah, I got this, uh, I got this, you know, event coming up. I met him on a Tuesday. He was hosting the event on Friday. And so I I was like, yeah, I'll go. Because at that time, 
You know, I was doing a lot of stuff in real estate. Actually, my first business that I that I started in was real estate investments. I started raising capital. Um, I was a brand new entrepreneur. I used to be a scientist back in the day. In fact, I I, I did uh, my degree was in molecular bioscience and biotechnology, and you know, it was, it was pretty incredible because, you know, I, I didn't know anything about sales. I didn't know anything about marketing. I was kind of doing this all on my own. And I was learning from some of the people, you know, from that I was that I was getting with and, you know, just internet marketers that I paid. Like, you know, there's a guy named Telman Knudsen who I paid a lot of money to. Frank Kern, if you know those names. Telman, I learned how to build a list. His big thing was list building. And uh, so that was one of the first things that I ever learned in the internet marketing days. I was paying him a whole bunch of money. I was just getting out of college. I didn't really have a lot of funds, but I knew that I had to learn marketing because it was really where my passion lied. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm in the real estate field learning how to build a list. I'm building a constant contact database. I'm, I'm putting together these little events where I'm raising capital and stuff like that. And I raised, you know, uh, three quarters of a million dollars um, in basically just a few months. And really without knowing what I was doing, I was still brand new, still didn't know anything about sales. And I met Ira and it was kind of interesting because... You know, he just he just knew so much about sales and so much about marketing. I've been doing it for 50, 45 years plus, and uh, I was just really kind of drawn into that and his experience. And so when he said, yeah, I got an event going on, it's 500 bucks for a ticket, and uh, it's, it's in three days, and I just said, yeah, I'll make it. And uh, I know that was kind of an interesting thing for you to hear, Ira. Yeah, and actually I tried to talk you out of going because I knew that um, – <clears throat> you're out of school just you know you you only been in the in the workplace for about a year and I actually felt kind of bad because I didn't want you to make that kind of an investment and you said no 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 I'll I'll go and I'll go well you know it's five hundred dollars and you insisted and I thought okay and I just thought all right well what's going to happen and sure enough on Friday Corey showed up also with a friend and they both paid five hundred dollars and I was actually pretty surprised and kind of blown away. And, th- and I was very impressed. And so there was a lesson right there. And that lesson was, uh, when you have opportunities in front of you, seize them. Because a lot of times you don't get that second chance. And there is never a perfect time to do anything. And we're never really ready for anything as well. You just, you make up your mind and you just, you take massive action and Dan Kennedy always says, sometimes good is just good enough. And what holds us back a lot of times is we we wait for perfection where everything is perfect. And it's really avoidance so that we don't have to move forward. But move so that that worked out great because then, you know, Corey is at the event and then moving forward, fast forward in about three, four months, um, I had an event that I did here in Arizona, and it was uh, an all-day workshop. It was called the Reinvention Dimension, and it was all about it was a survival guide on how to how to really not just get along in this new economy, but how to thrive. And so Corey was there, and um, we talked about uh, different things after the event. I decided I want to do a some kind of a conference call to recap for the people that were there, and we actually had a very good turnout. It was a smaller event, but I was really happy with the way it went. And then Corey offered and said, well, how about if I help you with your call? And that's how it all started. Yeah, and actually, um, it was interesting because I think, um, you know, I think it was my idea. I was like, we should have a call here and sell some other stuff to these people, you know. And uh, and so, yeah, we did that, and and then... 
you know, and, and meanwhile, this entire time, you know, I'm just kind of picking Ira's brain because, you know, we're actually running and training for marathons on the side, like on the weekends and stuff like that. We're spending time together and, you know, I'm not much of a marathon runner. I'm, I, I used to be a gymnast I, and gymnasts don't, you know, they, they're all upper body. There's not a lot of, you know, le- legs that, you know, on these, on these gymnasts. And so, you know, I have that same kind of physique. And so running, especially long distance, is not really my thing. But I knew that I should do it because, you know, what better way to get to know what Ira knows than, than doing that exact thing? So, so we'd train on the weekends and we'd run for miles and miles and miles and swap stories. And I would kind of share some really great, you know, tales of entrepreneurialism and kind of, you know, the, the many past companies he's had and how he built them up and created these million-dollar companies and sold them off and stuff like that. It was just really just very intriguing stuff. And so... Yeah, I, I jumped at the opportunity to help Ira with his event and, and and all that stuff. And then, you know, we did a call afterward and just, yeah, just one thing led to another. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm in front of one of the biggest uh, dental companies in the entire Southwest and, uh, and you know, going in to close a deal, a big marketing deal. And I asked Ira to, I was like, hey, Ira, you know, I was, and at that point I was still kind of like really not very good at the sa- the whole sales deal. I was just I was just trying, you know, I was cutting my teeth on a whole bunch of things and and so I was like, "Hey, Ira, help me close this deal. Let's let, why don't we come in and do this together?" And so so we went in, we um, you know, we met the the owner of this the largest dental company in the entire Southwest. We had, you know, had some meetings and I don't know, I just things went so well and and it just seemed to work really really effectively. I mean, you had like kind of Ira's, uh, you know, you got, uh, you know, his knowledge and his, uh, his expertise, you got his wisdom and stuff like that. And then you got me over here with, uh, with kind of like the, you know, knowing the new world of marketing and internet and stuff like that. And it just melded together so well that we were like, ah, well, we should, why don't we just keep doing this? And so there's, you know, it was, we met up one day at this place called, uh, it was a heart attack grill here in Phoenix, Arizona. It was a little burger joint. And we just kind of sat down and, and mapped everything, you know, mapped some things out. We just, you know, kind of started mind mapping some things. And that is how Mojo began, right, Eric? Right, right. And that was, uh, and I thought, okay, I think we've, I think we're on to something here. I'm not sure what it is, but, you know, we both felt very optimistic about it because Corey was very passionate and, um, and, and knew his way around the internet. And really, I thought, okay, let's collaborate here. And so here you've got two different generations um, that are really coming together. And, you know, a lot of times baby boomers will look at someone that's, you know, considerably younger and they'll figure, well, what could they possibly bring to the table? What kind of value could they have? And being very short-sighted where I knew what I didn't know was, uh, you know, I knew there was a lot there that I could improve on. And so I was open. I didn't have a big ego about this. And I realized, you know, if we just partnered you know, there's, you know, who knows what we could do. And it just turned out to be a great decision because Hello. now, you know, we've, um, you know, we're, we've, we have a multi-million dollar uh, revenue stream and it's just coming in all the time. And it's just now it's just exponentially just exploding. But, you know, it was not always that easy. And actually the first year or two, we really had to work our butts off and we did really essentially old school marketing. And it was, it was really quite hard, and uh, and we had we went to events all the time. We went to one or two networking events a day, um, and or in the evening, and then we'd meet with the people during the day or in between. And somehow, the first year, we wound up managed to have twelve hundred different meetings with people, sitting down with them, 
an hour at a time. If you can even imagine what that was like. And so it was really, uh, it was like crawling through the desert without a glass of water at times. It felt very, it felt very discouraged, discouraging, and, but we hung in there. And, and keep in mind one thing. If you're an entrepreneur or you want to be an entrepreneur, make sure you do it for the right reasons. Make sure that you're doing it because you love what it is you're about to do or, or you're embarking on. If you do not have passion for you know, what you're about to uh, get into, you're really the chance of you having a success are really quite small because you're going to have to eat, sleep, and breathe this. If you're going, if you're going to become an entrepreneur because you want better hours and you want to be your own boss and you know you only want to work 20, 30 hours a week or 15 hours a week, you will get just hammered. And anybody that read the Four Hour Work Week, which I like, I love that book. But a lot of people get confused. They figure, well, geez, I want to be like Timothy Ferris. Um, that's really a myth. Uh, the real, the real reality is uh, the best part of that book is ninety percent of our day is wasted, and you got to figure out how can you scale and flip it around. And so that was always in the back of our mind. That was our goal. How could we actually make eighty or ninety percent of our day revenue producing rather than you know I call it treadmill marketing. Yeah, and you know, it, so here's what happened. So we started Mocho, right? We wrote some things down, and actually, the first name of our company was like Rainmaker and Renegade Enterprises because they called I we you know I I kind of coined this for Iris like he, we called him the Rainmaker, and uh, you know because he because his business card is these million dollar bills, right? And so <laughs> explain what a Rainmaker is for yeah. some people that don't know what that is. All right, so basically, you you make it rain. It's kind of like a term when you go into a, a club and you like. You have these bills and you like you throw a whole bunch of money in the air, right? So that's that's what it's called making it rain. So for producers, you know, and and people that are are, are really bringing in cash flow all the time, you call them rainmakers because they're literally making it rain with money. And so that was kind of Irish skill. We we called them affectionately the the rainmaker, and uh, and they called me the renegade. So. So our first company name was Rainmaker and Renegade in- Industries, and so it, it, you know, and that was you know just getting started. We didn't, you know, Mojo was we came up with that just a couple months later and just moved it over and stuff like that. But we created our first product. Our first product was uh, was actually called the uh, the Rainmaker Inner Circle, and the Rainmaker Inner Circle was this. It was like a it was an audio program. And uh, a training program for sales and for for all these salespeople. At the time, I was like putting together some sales training. You really want to get out there, so we're like, yeah, let's call it the Rainmaker Inner Circle. And we put together a sales page for it. It was like this long form sales copy letter. We put together a PayPal button that went on top of it, and uh, and you know we we promoted it. I actually remember. I think in about seven days we had a video funnel. We had like an opt-in page with a video there. And then once they opted in, we had some emails that went out. We had some emails going to the sales page. And so we put that all together, including all the videos and stuff like in seven days, right? And so we, so we did that. And then wouldn't you know, just three days after we had everything put together for that, we had our first client. His name, what was his name? You remember that guy? Yeah, it, Tom Mallard. Tom Mallard. <laughs> <laughs> so. and that, was a, that was a very, uh, it, looking back, it's pretty funny and actually in retrospect i'm really surprised and i'm just kind of blown away that we had those things in place right out of the gate because that was way back then that was super super advanced and to have you know have a sales page up and videos and all that stuff i mean that was like star wars marketing 
way back then because nobody did that kind of marketing. Yeah, we actually did those videos on this little flip cam that I had. I, <laughs> I, I got it as a present. Uh, you know, and I just, you know, I love this little flip camera. So we'd go around. I had this little tripod. I bought it. It was like 50 bucks at Walmart or something. It was like, you know, we're filming videos in my backyard and, uh, at these different places like the Phoenician or in our cars and stuff like that. And so that was our first deal. And I, you know, we got our first client within 10 days, right? And we were so pumped and we're like, okay, now we just need to go out and get like 999 more people, right? I mean, that's like... <laughs> yeah, and that, our goal was we wanted to have a 1,000 people paying us, I think it was what, $49 a month? 49 bucks a month. And I figured, okay, if we got a 1,000 people at 49 bucks a month, you know, life is good. And so we got that first client and then th- then we're looking for a second client and then it was like crickets. <laughs> and we thought, well, come on, this is, this is we got to be able to just, this is, how hard could this be? And after about two, three, four weeks, I looked at Corey and I said, I think we got what I, in the automotive industry, we used to call it, you know, I think we got a dog with fleas. In other words, this is not, this is a bad idea. We got to change horses quickly. I don't want to be banging away at this for the next six months and scratch my head. You know, when you make mistakes, you just recalibrate quickly. You don't just sit there and, and just complain. So that's what we did. And and then after that, what happened, Corey? Yeah, so all right, so we so we're like, all right, this is not gonna work because this is <laughs> so all. much work, you know, to get one client. I mean, I couldn't imagine getting another nine hundred and ninety-nine of them. So oh. so we switched up our model and our model we went to consultations and um and what we did was we started doing more high ticket sales. The challenge was we didn't really know what to sell. So <laughs> so we made something up on the spot because we're like, all right, what do people really want these days? And so one of the first things that I learned in the marketing world was that you need to build a list, right? So that's what we talked about. We're like, all right, well, you got to build a database, right? Everybody needs a database. If you got a database, you can actually like, you know, bring on more clients. You can, you know, the average, they, they were saying that for every person you have in your database, you're going to make a, a $1 right, every single month from that person. And so we're like, let's help companies build databases. And uh, so then we came up with our next magical product, which is called the, uh, well, you remember the name for that? It was like the database multiplier system. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. And on how to explode your database, because your database is your community, it's your tribe. Some people call it your following. And if you, and anyone who's doing really well right now, look around and ask the question, do they have a large following? And it's not only the size of the list, but how do these people know you and do you know them? And how often do you communicate with them? Not just building a list, but also how often they use the term is how often are you touching them? And what and what are you saying when you're communicating? Are you giving them great content and things that are valuable? Or are you just trying to pitch them? And nowadays, Pitching your audience is really a no, a giant no no, right, Corey? Yeah, I mean exactly, exactly, and you know that's that was the deal. So our, you know our first, that was our our second product that we ever created, and it really wasn't a product. It was kind of like a. I don't know. It was a service of sorts. It was strategy. It was strategy. We yeah. were basically consulting with them on how to build their database. Right. What do we, and I think we charged like 500 bucks a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, or maybe high. I mean, I can't remember. It was like this is the early days, and we were still trying to figure things out, right? So, so we started doing that, and we got our first clients in there. 
And uh, and then you know, and then we started realizing, you know, like, ah, what's what's hot right now? You know, what are people really ready to buy and, and ready to buy? And so that's when we figured out our next product, and it's around one of the hugest markets that we ever discovered. And uh, we're, what we're going to do right now is uh, leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger because we're going to actually take a short break, and we're going to come back. We're actually going to teach. We're going to tell you what that first product was in what market and how we just, I mean, we literally made millions in this market. It was amazing. And, uh, and, and then from there, we went on to do all kinds of other things. So I'm going to take a short break, and then we're going to have a very special guest here in just a little moment as well. We're going to talk some marketing with that person. So we'll see you in just a moment. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com There is always one thing that will take your business from where it is right now to where you want it to be. One thing that determines the difference between failure and success. That one thing is leads. If you don't have leads, you don't have a business. Leads are like oxygen. Ira and I are going to show you 10 proven ways to generate an unlimited supply of leads. We're going to give you private access to our proprietary system for free. It's called Mojo Lead Mastery. This program guarantees you will never have to wonder where your next leads are coming from. Let's start creating the business you've always wanted and deserve. Let's get those leads fired up right now. You can start using our 10 award-winning tactics and tips. Go to mojoleadmastery.com to get your free trial in the Mojo Lead Mastery program. That's MojoLeadMastery.com. You take the first step and we'll take the rest with you. Are you on LinkedIn? Are you making any money from it at all? At Mojo, we have cracked the code on tapping into LinkedIn's limitless high net worth leads. Did you know that the average salary on LinkedIn is over $112,000? The average salary on Facebook is just $61,000. There's an absolute gold mine on LinkedIn. You just need to know how to mine the gold. Mojo Global is going to show you exactly how to generate daily leads on LinkedIn automatically. Go to mojogoldmine.com to get a free video that walks you through three easy steps to get in front of up to 100 prospects a day on LinkedIn on autopilot. Once again, go to mojogoldmine.com now. That's mojogoldmine.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Mojo Marketing Edge. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back. Corey Michael Sanchez here, mojoglobal.com. We've got all kinds of free amazing stuff on there, including if you want to get more of these shows, make sure you go there so you can get on the mailing list. We always l- let you know when new shows are coming up. We have them every week, actually, but we also make sure you get the, the playbacks and the recordings and uh, know when the live ones are. 
But also some other great stuff, how to generate leads using LinkedIn. Go check that out as well. We've got some really amazing, great information that you can get. So let's uh, let's keep diving in. Before we left, we're actually talking about the, the market that we got in that we just blew it up in. And it was pretty incredible because we didn't know anything about this market. And, uh, you know, we just figured it out as we went. And so, so Ira and I talked, we were like, what's hot right now? What do people need? You know, what, what would really help them grow their business? And so we started hearing all these things about this, this particular industry. We're like, boom, this is what we have to do. You know, hands down, this is where we're going and this is where the world is going. And, uh, and so by now, you're probably wondering exactly what that market is, but actually, it is video. You know, we got into video because, I mean, we just kept hearing the stats, and, you know, we actually started using video. Remember, I'm using my flip camera to build relationships with people, just doing little videos, 30-second videos in my car, in my backyard, or whatever, and sending them out to the database, and people loved it. They were building, you know, that's what we were doing for Mojo. And people just loved getting these videos and they built relationships with us and, and uh, we'd show up to these networking events and people would know us just because they'd seen our videos, right, Ira? Yeah, we really had a lot of fun with this and uh, our, you know, our following, our group, our people loved it as well. And so a lot of times we'd go to a live event, we would uh, shoot some videos and we would send it to everybody because it had a text message platform uh, that we created later on. And so... We're there for two or three days at the event, and by the end, after two or three days, we basically hijacked the whole event. So everybody knew us better than anyone else, and we really branded ourselves within, say, a couple days or even one day. So we took this formula, and we just kept leveraging it. And what I loved about video was it was cool, it's hot, and it was sexy, and it still is today. But we were very, we are very early on. Uh, we were pioneers, and we got in there at the beginning, back when no, hardly anybody was using video. They loved it. They loved video. They just didn't know how about how to go about it. Kind of like the way LinkedIn is today. It's a similar, similar thing where everyone knows LinkedIn is where the game is, but very few people know how to monetize. And video was was the same way way back then. And so we learned that a one minute video had the same emotional impact as 1.8 million written words. And there was all kinds of crazy stats out there that, you know, that we learned and we became more and more passionate. We actually became evangelists for video. And when people hear us talk about video, uh, they would they would just be drawn in. I even had a slide uh, that showed you what your brain looked like watching a minute of video, and the brain was lit up with all these colors, real bright colors, and it sh- it signified the neurotransmitters firing away uh, it, where it was engaged. Then it showed someone looking at an email, and there was no color. And we always used to talk about how one video would trump thousands and thousands of emails. So as we started to get into this, we created a software that actually sent the videos out because it used to take Corey about an hour to mobile encode a video. He had to do all, there's like 25 different steps and, and people couldn't believe that we took the time to do this and Corey was very fast. So the average person would take them three, four, five hours or all day and actually most entrepreneurs couldn't even figure it out. And so Corey did, would take the time to do this and the results we got were incredible. And then we finally created a software. Maybe you can talk about that, Corey. Yeah. So, you know, at the, at the very beginning, we were like, all right, how do we do this for clients? You know, we, um, 
Because remember, we're still helping people build databases, right? So that was the premise of it. So no matter what we did, we wanted to help them build that, that following and those raving fans. And so we put together a series of video campaigns for them. And, uh, you know, like we would actually sell packages of like 3,000 bucks and we'd give people 10 videos. And like, <laughs> you know, this is in the early days, mind you. And we thought, wow, we're, you know, we're crushing it, right? <laughs> we're 3,000 bucks, 10 videos. And we, you know, we film all the videos on the flip camera. So we'd have our team, they'd show up with a little fl- flip camera and a little, little tripod <laughs> and they'd film, film <laughs> some videos, right? And we'd go to like, we'd actually film a lot of our, our videos at the, the Phoenician. It was like a local like hotel over here. We didn't have a studio back then. We didn't have a green screen. All that stuff was kind of coming along. I mean, the only places that at, uh, you know, at that time really were having that is like professional studios. And, you know, we were just two guys with a flip camera and a dream. So, uh, so, you know, we would, so that's what we did. And so we'd go film 10 videos and then we're like, all right, this is great. So we're going to put these on YouTube, but what else do we do with them? We want to follow up with, with their, with their database with that. We want to help them go to networking events and follow up with all these folks. So what we did is we actually started looking around and we found some email programs that could actually like really send out you know emails in an automated sequence and the first one we heard about was like called Aweber I don't know if anybody uses Aweber I, if you've been a- around in internet marketing long enough you probably know what Aweber is or have used it or something like that and so so that's what we used and um, and so we'd build all these these follow up campaigns in there we'd put the ten emails together and the ten videos and then what we do is we put together like our own little web form and we'd we'd actually fill out the web form. Uh, you know, ourselves for our clients. So we'd have the clients fill out the web form. And so basically it was like them opting in their clients for this follow-up campaign. And uh, <laughs> so what happened is, is that Aweber, you know, at first they were okay with it because they didn't know about it, right? And then, and then wouldn't you know, like just after a, a bit of doing this, they actually... Um, they they actually came to us and kicked us off. They actually wouldn't let us follow up with all these people, right? And it first started with our account, and you know we're doing this for a, you know quite a few clients at this point. And they came to us, and then just one day they just turned turned uh, turned the whole thing off, right? We, it was uh, it was kind of like Armageddon Day. It was like Judgment Day for us, and uh, we're like, crap. I mean, this is our entire business model, you know. <laughs> and like A Weber totally eighty six us off their platform because they didn't like the fact that we we're just opting people in for email marketing. But uh, but you know, it's people that they knew. I mean, they met them at events. It just A Weber wasn't that kind of a platform. They were only opt in, so. What we did after that is we created our very own software that did this. And, you know, it took us a number of iterations in order to make it happen. We automated the entire process. We put together a sweet program, video emails, video text messaging. You know, when you upload videos, it would mobile encode the videos for Blackberries. And, and at that point, they didn't even have, like, iPhones, I don't think. I think that was... That was off on the horizon, but you know, for for the different phones that, and we were actually that was pretty space age stuff because in those days the only we were the only ones that were mobile encoding video because you know Ira had a BlackBerry I think you know at that point and so and uh, I still do and he still does <laughs> yeah and no one's gonna take my BlackBerry away from me so don't even think about 20 it. 20 years from now Ira <laughs> will still be using a BlackBerry but yeah and so I was like. You know, I, I, we sent the videos out and like, I would say, hey, Ira, can you see these videos on your phone? Because like, you know, at that point, Blackberries are getting more and more popular, right? And so we're like, we want to really cash in on this Blackberry market, you know? 
And uh, I didn't even have like a, a smartphone. I just had like a little, you know, a little miniature phone that was, you know, and I was, I mean, keep in mind, I mean, it wasn't too long ago. I was in college still. And so, <laughs> so I'm sending these videos. I'm like, Ira, can you watch these and just tell me how it looks? He's like, I can't, I can't open them. So I'm like, well, shoot, we got to figure this out. So we went hard to work figuring out how we could mobile encode videos for cell phones and especially for Blackberries in the early days. And so we figured out how to do it literally before its time. The only, not even Google, not even YouTube was mobile encoding their video. At that point, you could, I mean, there was no chance that you could ever watch a YouTube video on a cell phone. So this was completely brand new that we were doing this. And it was actually pretty cool. And uh, what I want to do is actually, I'm going to leave you on this cliffhanger because what came next literally changed the entire video industry. Um, it changed how people marketed, it changed how people emailed, it changed basically the entire video um, landscape. And we did it really in the course of just a year or two. And uh, we just got clients from all over the world. And uh, so what we're going to do is actually save that story for another day because I know you want to hear that. But um, but right now we've actually got a special guest, so I want to kind of I want to segue into that. But pay very close attention to the upcoming episodes because we want to wrap that story up and tell you exactly what happened when we when we actually put this software together. It's mind blowing what 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 actually happened and what took place. But uh, you're gonna want to stay tuned and make sure you listen to our future radio shows to make sure you get all the juicy details on all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, happy to share a little bit of history about Mojo because, you know, it's kind of like, it's not just about our successes, right? There's a lot of failures that we went through in order to get there, right? Getting kicked off of AWeber or, you know, getting our first client deciding that wasn't going to work. I mean, we, you know, believe me, we've tried a lot of different things. There's lots of trials, lots of tribulations. And here we are before you surviving all of that and having really a lot of great success, but not for, you know, not without its own, you know, our own failures and all that. But let's uh, let's transition over to our next guest. His name is Cavit Haria, and you know he's he's got a lot of great things to share. He started his first online business in 2005, selling marketing education to musicians. Right, that's kind of an interesting market for sure. And just like us, mistake after mistake, failure after failure. Right, just kind of the same. You know, similar things that we've been talking about. Finally, learned how to build a thriving online business using. Basically, automated sales and marketing funnels, very, very well built out funnels. And he built a list of over 100,000 musicians. You imagine that, right? And generated over a million dollars in sales per year. And then in 2008, he founded Insider Internet Success, his company through which he helps people discover winning, profitable business ideas and sets up automated marketing and sales funnels for them. His flagship program, the Automated Business System, it, it's really kind of cool because he's helped build online uh, business owners and take their idea from basically nothing, right? Just from inception, just to, from seed stage to basically with his entire team building the entire business for you, which I can't tell you how amazing that is because, you know, just building an internet marketing business of my own, I know how difficult that is and what that takes. So, you know, he blogs weekly at InsiderInternetSuccess.com. You know, he's got a, he, with, he writes to, you know, his inspiring daily email to 15,000 business owners daily, taught at seminars, conferences in, across the UK. And basically what he's here to do is share his very simple philosophy with marketing. Have fun, do exceptional, meaningful work, pay attention to the details, treat people right, tell the truth, and also have a positive impact on the world around us, give back, and of course... Always keep learning. So, Kevin Harrier, you w- welcome to the program. 
Oh, thank you so much. What a great introduction. I really appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Well, hey, thanks so much. I know we connected like years ago and we were kind of, you know, going back and forth and, and uh, you know, both growing our businesses into what they are today. But, you know, this is all very exciting stuff. I mean, I, you know, hearing your story about where you started and generating that list of musicians. I mean, I imagine that was a, a pretty incredible experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But before we jump into that, right back at you for the growth that you guys have done. You know, I've been, obviously, since we connected, I've seen you guys, heard about you guys, watched you guys grow. And both of you together have built this really amazing business as well. So fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is, it, the, the cool thing about being an entrepreneur is you really get a, you, to change the globe, to change basically the planet and get your message out there to the masses, right? And it's, it is really a very honoring feeling, but, you know, for sure, it's a lot of hard work. And, and I know you've experienced the same. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, all around, I mean, just kudos to you for, for kind of, you know, doing what you do, because I think, you know, the, thing, the approach that you've had is very unique, very rare. You know, you have this entire team, you help people build out funnels. And, you know, I imagine you've had lots of stories from all kinds of things. And, but, uh, but no, that's very cool. So t- tell us, how did you really get started in the marketing arena? I'm a musician. And so I basically, I'm, you know, I'm from the Indian background. I'm born in the UK. I'm brought up in the UK. I lived a little bit of my life in Africa. My parents were born in Africa. My grandparents were born in India. So I got really involved in the Indian culture as I grew up. And um, I learned this instrument called the tabla. And I've been playing it now for 17 years. It's a percussion instrument and uh, deemed to be harder than the congos. The bongos, in fact, some of the hardest percussion instruments you could ever play, uh, the tabla. And so I started playing when I was a kid. I grew up, I learned it really well. I wanted to play professionally. And in about 2001, 2002, I wanted to really play that instrument with Western music, you know, like fusing Indian culture music with Western music. And so things like jazz and blues and uh, piano music and all those kind of things that I knew I could do really well with. But I struggled very hard to get people to want to collaborate with me. And I struggled to get people to uh, actually take it seriously or take the whole idea and the whole thing seriously, just because musicians, first of all, don't earn a lot of money. And in order to be spending their time wisely, they have to be earning money because they have day jobs as well. So I found it really hard. It was a massive struggle for me at that time. But what I realized was that there were so many different things I could do. And I went online and I found this book about marketing, specifically for musicians. And it was a very short book. I read it. But in that one book, I got this one key learning that marketing is the most important thing for literally every single one of us. If we don't know marketing, if we don't understand what marketing is about, we will not succeed in anything. I took it to heart. And so for the next six months, I remember going to my public library because the books are free. You just borrow them and take them back, right? And I learned everything. I picked up and learned everything I could about marketing. And I really put myself in these marketing shoes to see whatever I could get from them. And I really studied that hard. And the thing is, most creative artists, musicians, writers, painters, drawers, singers, whatever, they don't like to learn marketing. They don't like to learn business, but you have to do it. And there's this huge thing about, you know, I want to focus on my art and I don't want to get into the business of the art and the business of the artists for other people. And really, you're never going to make it in business if you don't focus on that side of things. So that was a really key point right? when I picked up marketing and started learning it. And it radically changed my music career. I mean, I went 
eight months playing three to four times a week all around the country. I then went out to play in, in Africa and Asia and Europe. I played with some fantastic people, including Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin, Paul McCartney. I played with some really good names. You know, I recorded some CDs, all because I was able to learn how to market myself. And that is the point, guys, in which I really learned that it was the foundation of regardless of what your business is or your industry is, you need to know marketing. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool stuff. And I am really thrilled to hear all about what you learned going deep into your, you know, your, your, your laboratory to discover all these marketing techniques. We're going to take a short break and we come back. We're going to hear and, and basically grill Cavett for all of his wealth of knowledge in the marketing arena. So we'll see you when we get back in just a moment. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you on LinkedIn? Are you making any money from it at all? At Mojo, we have cracked the code on tapping into LinkedIn's limitless high net worth leads. Did you know that the average salary on LinkedIn is over $112,000? The average salary on Facebook is just $61,000. There's an absolute gold mine on LinkedIn. You just need to know how to mine the gold. Mojo Global is going to show you exactly how to generate daily leads on LinkedIn automatically. Go to mojogoldmine.com to get a free video that walks you through three easy steps to get in front of up to 100 prospects a day on LinkedIn on autopilot. Once again, go to mojogoldmine.com now. That's mojogoldmine.com. There is always one thing that will take your business from where it is right now to where you want it to be. One thing that determines the difference between failure and success. That one thing is leads. If you don't have leads, you don't have a business. Leads are like oxygen. Ira and I are going to show you 10 proven ways to generate an unlimited supply of leads. We are going to give you private access to our proprietary system for free. It's called Mojo Lead Mastery. This program guarantees you will never have to wonder where your next leads are coming from. Let's start creating the business you've always wanted and deserved. Let's get those leads fired up right now. You can start using our 10 award-winning tactics and tips. Go to MojoLeadMastery.com to get your free trial in the Mojo Lead Mastery program. That's MojoLeadMastery.com. You take the first step and we'll take the rest with you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com listening to the mojo marketing edge to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com now back to this week's show and we're back. Corey Michael Sanchez here, and we're, we're with Kevin Harry, who's basically spilling the beans on how he really dominated the musician itch early on. You know, so Cavett, you and I were talking on break a little bit about 
you know, the probably one of the turning points was that book on marketing and sales because you know really uh, like we had a we had a um, a uh, an attorney in our office last week that was struggling and you know he really he was just hung up on just doing law and you know because when he went to school they never taught him how to market and I said what you really have is a sales and marketing company first and you know you provide legal services and so you had that aha moment and you could have just struggled for a long time and so you know that's you know, thanks for sharing that. So anyone that's listening right now, 90% of your success as a business is not your product. It's not your service. It's your marketing, which leads us into, uh, Kevin, I have a question for you. And that is, so what do you think was the biggest marketing or lead gen secret that has led you, you know, led to your success at this very moment? Well, that's a great question. And the music career, that book was about really simply about getting gigs. I mean, it had nothing at the point to do with sales. It was really just, here's exactly how you get gigs. But obviously, if you're going to get gigs, you have to sell to the venue owner. Sure. So it's inherently in that. And that was really a powerful thing. And it really brought out this idea that marketing and sales is important. And so obviously, I built my business after that, which is my music business. And in that whole process, I was essentially teaching musicians how to get more gigs, sell more music, uh, build their career, ultimately quit their day job. And my biggest moment in there came when I realized that the entire journey from somebody hitting your site all the way to purchasing and purchasing multiple times can actually be designed. And that's the thing. You can actually sit there and draw out and figure out and actually create exactly how you want your flow to be how you want somebody to engage with you, how you want them to journey through a process with you. And most people, unfortunately, they see this whole marketing thing as let's get some flies together, let's put them through the door, or let's get some ads up, let's you know, see what happens. But there's really no knock-on effect of how you're measuring the responses. And every single thing should be a journey. Nothing should be incalculated. Nothing should be haphazard and on its own. I love it because, you know, what you're really talking about here is having a predictable outcome rather than we call it spaghetti against the wall here at Mojo. And, and rather than just uh, ready fire, uh, there's a thing called ready aim fire. And so you have and really what you're bringing to the table for entrepreneurs, which I think is extremely valuable and extremely necessary is how do you put together systems that really work so you're not just guessing so maybe talk a little bit more about that why why are systems and automation so critically important today in this new economy well i think there's two reasons i think that the first reason is that if you want to design a business ultimately the whole point of a business is to give you a life but your business has two options and depending on how you run your business it has two options the first option is that it gives you a life and the second is that it takes a life but that choice is yours as the business owner. And so you can design your business to, to ultimately free you up and also leverage yourself out in order to create more sales or more income. And so leverage uh, happens in two ways. It happens over having systems and, or having team. There's two ways to actually get other people to other, other ways of doing the things that need to be done. And you've got to have systems in every single area of your business. But the most important area of your business is the marketing because you can go and put systems in finance. You can go put systems in managing your team. You can have systems in how you, you know, handle your social media and your email and all these other really cool things. But at the end of the day, your business is earned. Your income generating activities is created all from your marketing. 
So having that done and automated and, and taken care of is so important. I'll give you a very simple example. Let's just say you are a service business, uh, an accountant, a lawyer, uh, you know, a coach, a consultant, whatever it is. You provide a service and you have a great website. People are reading it, but there's no way for them to really engage with you apart from them to pick up the phone or send you an email. Well, that's okay, at least at the most minimum. But let's just say that they send you an email to say, you know, we're interested in, in finding out more about your services and we want to you know, call you or talk to you, and then you email back and you give them all your information, uh, and then they reply to say thanks, and then we'll get back in touch with you when we're ready in the next week or so. But a week passes, you know, they don't get in touch simply because they're so busy. It's your responsibility to make sure you respond, right, as the, as the person looking for the sale to them on a regular, repeated basis to keep in touch with them, to nurture that, to engage them, to add more value. But for us, life gets in the way. Also, we don't want to be chained to our laptops to email. We also don't want to have to sit there at a specific time when we could be doing other things in our lives. And again, automation is really important there because you could automate all those regular follow-up emails that you know are required until somebody actually puts money in the bank. Wow, you're really talking about something that really was kind of the cornerstone of our success in the very beginning, which was follow-up because, you know, I'm sure you've read the same stats, 80 to 90% of all sales happen from the 5th to the 12th touch point. I've even heard uh, recently that sometimes you have to touch them 20 times depending on the product or the service. So, you know, for those of you that are listening right now, ask yourself this question, what kind of follow-up system do you have in place? Or do you even have one at all? And so uh, getting back to that initial question, is there any one, is there any one a source of lead gen that you prefer right now at this moment, Cabot? Uh, for me, uh, I kind of put my lead gen into four categories, partnership promotions, uh, paid advertising, content marketing, and uh, there's one more. It's just slipped my mind. But the most important one is partnership promotions. And partnership promotions really is all about finding people where they have equal or similar authority where they're leveraging to a specific group of people also and joining up with them to be collaborative and give even more value to those people so that a group of people know about you but also will go ahead and find you because you're giving that space for authority. For example, podcasts or guest blogs or even doing webinars with people. Those are fantastic methods of generating leads and traffic to, to my website. Nice, nice. Uh, regarding content, talk about you know content creation and pushing it out there and coming from a place of service and education. Okay, well, the thing about content marketing is that it's really a very organized and strategic effort. It's not just about, hey, I'm going to start a blog and I'm going to post regularly. There's got to be a very strategic method to it in order to actually turn it into money. I mean, the reason we do all these strategies is because we want them to produce a result. No one wants to blog for the sake of blogging unless you're doing it as a passion. So uh, the thing about a blog is to really figure out exactly who you're writing to and then figure out what is their biggest challenge. Like what are the things that are paining them or hurting them that uh, you could solve with the stuff that you know and then start to create the blog posts or the videos or the podcasts, whatever it is that you're doing in the content world, specifically geared to that and then create a schedule and then stick to the schedule and do that religiously. And then... Also, once you start creating some content, I find it really important that you spend 20% of your time creating amazing work, but the rest, 80% of the time, is to share the work. Otherwise, no one ever is going to find your blog. 
because there's just billions and billions of blogs on the web right now. Oh, that's all. Okay, yeah, yeah. Totally get it. Totally understand. So, so now, like, you know, you have here this automated business system, and basically, you know, you you help pe- people take them from launch to six figures in their first year. So, you know, you talked about partnership marketing and doing all of that stuff as a way to kind of like, you know, generate leads and and uh, a little bit about content marketing, and then also funneling people in there. So, you know, so kind of break it down. Give us the top three things people need to do if they want to make it to six figures in their first year with uh, with something they're launching that's amazing now really like there's lots of things that you could do and i think that you see the process that i offer automated business system is a predictable process and you use that word earlier on and it's such an apt word because at the end of the day if everything is measured and everything is calculable the risks are minimized and the process is the same throughout and we always want to try and create those for our clients because we're telling them that at the end of a year working with us, you're going to get to $100,000 in sales. And that's what we want our, our people to get because we want them to have the time, the money, and the lifestyle freedom that they want. But if there were three things, even before all of this, they would be my three C's. And that is that the first most important thing you need to do is for your idea, that your business idea, get as much clarity as you can. Know who it's targeted to. Know exactly what you're going to sell. Know how you're going to sell it. And know the key transformation value. So, you know, somebody right now in their life is at A, point A, which is their current reality. And your job is to take them all the way to point B, which is their ideal reality. It doesn't matter what you do. Whether you sell, you know, bathroom equipment, you still want to get them all the way from A to B. If you sell coaching, you want to get them from A to B. If you're a sports coach, you want to still take your player from A to B. Whatever it is, that there's an A to B. Get very clear about all of these things because the more clarity you have around your idea, the more you've tested, surveyed, researched, and you've got the, everything you need to know for your idea to succeed because you're creating the right content, the right education about it, then you're going to get confidence, the second C. And the moment you get confidence, you start to grow that confidence because you take the right steps in the right direction through this whole process, you get certainty. And when you reach that certainty level, and I've seen this with over 100 people that I've worked with on a one-to-one basis to get them to 100K. When you get to that certainty, you feel so good about your idea, so strong about your idea, that really there's no way you can fail. Wow. And so clarity, confidence, and certainty are really powerful bases, foundational points that you have to launch your business from. You know, great points, Cabot, because, you know, we talk about clarity all the time. And he who is the clearest always wins. And, you know, and we always talk about the, it's a confidence game and building trust. So maybe speak to that a little bit about why it's so important. Two, you know, two parts here. One is why you need to be so confident when you show up, you know, for your prospects and, you know, for yourself. And secondly, you know, how do you, you know, how do you uh, convey that to people? And then how do you build that trust so you're building that relationship? What are, what are some of the things that you use that really work well for you? Those are some amazing questions, and I think there's so much in there. But confidence for yourself is very important. I mean, if you don't have the confidence in yourself, immediately just by, you know, turning on the laptop and starting to write an email, you look, you look at the blank screen and you still get stuck. So confidence is really important. And the way you get confidence for yourself is through, in my opinion, the easiest tangible ways to do it is to run a quick survey and get, get out into the forums Find people who are in your target audience and ask them, you know, what is the most challenging thing you face right now? And as you collect these surveys, you're going to get, you know, that's the most basic question you should ask, but there are other things you could do as well. But you're going to see 
from this list of you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 responses you get, where the key things are gathering, you know, where, where many of the same things are appearing. And those points are where you direct your business focus to helping people solve those problems. And the moment you know somebody's problems, and if you have the ability or you have the connections to solve it, you've got all the confidence in the world you need because so long as you match up that solution to that problem, you're going to find that there's an opportunity there for you to make money. Wow. And you then, know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, no. So essentially what I was saying was that this idea of problem to solution matching up is, is so simple. I mean, it's the, it's the whole idea I learned in that gigs book because all they talked about in the gigs book all those many years ago was that so long as you know exactly what kind of music they want in the venue, what kind of band they're looking for, what kind of agreement they're looking for, and you speak to that by saying, oh, we do this, we do that, and you speak exactly through that. As long as you've done that research, then it's always going to be a win. But most musicians don't do that in the same way most business owners don't sit down to actually spend more time researching their customers. In my own business, we have 80,000 data points we collect on a you know, quarterly basis from people in our community through their email addresses, essentially. And we send out, using surveymonkey.com, specific surveys, whether they are before the opt-in, after the opt-in, before the purchase, after the purchase, you know, before the next purchase. We're always looking for specific information from them to get to know them better and to get to know in their words especially what it is they're looking for. Because if we know what they're looking for and we can give them that, that's where you get confidence. And the second thing is part of that because if you know what somebody wants and you're telling them that, hey, you know, we've got the solution to your problem. We know you're feeling like this. We know you're acting like this. We know that your life is currently like this. And we know that this is where you want to go to, which is point B, remember. We know that this is where you want to go to. And we have this amazing tool, software, solution, product, service, whatever it is, that can help do that. People are going to listen. I love it. confidence is going to exude in that message. Yeah, that's fabulous. And so, you know, some amazing secrets from Kavit. Always survey your audience. I think that's really huge. Um, I wish we had more time because we dive into some more golden nuggets. I think we'll look to have Kavit on again. But Kavit, if they want to hear more from you, quickly give a a URL they can check you out on. Yeah, I appreciate that. www.insiderinternetsuccess.com I-N-S-I-D-E-R insiderinternetsuccess.com and they can get a free book of case studies the people making 100k a year in a, in their first year you know, oh, i love it okay thank you so much well there you have it the mojo marketing edge radio show we'll see you next week and uh until then everybody get marketing we'll see you then I- thank you for listening today Please tune in to The Mojo Marketing Edge with Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.